Anybody here love Jesus? I mean, he's just awesome. And I appreciate what he's doing in my life. I appreciate what he's doing in this church. I guess I'm just excited about kingdom things right now. And I know that I'm not the only one. I know there are many people that we're allowing the Lord and the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to do his thing, to have his way. And it's exciting. And I just want to say hello and, and welcome uh, to you visitors. This is your first time coming. Uh, we are so glad that you came to uh, worship with us today. And, and I trust that the Holy Spirit is ministering you, to you this morning and encouraging you. Um, by the way, my name is C.J. Ellis. I'm the senior pastor here at New Covenant Fellowship. And we're just excited that you're here. Um, we've been, uh, we're going to continue our uh, um, message on, on relationships. Last week we started, and it was mainly um, emphasizing singles. So if you weren't here last, weren't here last week and you want to, uh, that message is available on the Internet, on the web. You can watch it or listen to it. Just so you know, I'm Lisa Ellis, and I'm his wife. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys. I just wanted to give her a chance to say something, you yeah. know. I can't say everything. I do have a voice. But we're going to talk about our favorite, favorite topic today. It is. Okay, second favorite topic. Yeah, my first favorite is Lisa. Second favorite <laughs> is um, we're going to be talking about dealing with marriage uh, this morning. But I, I do want to say I know that uh, there are many people here. Well, there are people here in different situations. Uh, come from different backgrounds. You're going through different scenarios. Some of you are single, have never been married. Some of you have been married and are divorced. Some of you may be going through divorce. Some of you may, may be in a, a challenging marital relationship right now. And I just want you to know that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Amen? And I'm saying that to say that the things that we, we say, may say today may be challenging or hard because of the circumstance or the, the place that you find yourself in right now. But I just want you to know that there's nothing that we say that's directed towards you and to bring condemnation or discouragement. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will encourage you, that regardless of what your circumstances are, that you will leave encouraged by him today and challenged. Because no matter where you are, one, he loves you. Two, he still has a purpose for your, for your life. And three, he wants to walk with you into that purpose for your life. Amen? So I want you to hear that and remember that throughout the message today. And also, one thing I was thinking, just for you singles, <clears throat> um, just understand that God has this perfect time for you and your marriage if, he bring, if it comes to pass. He has a perfect timing. And I just encourage you, even if you weren't here last week, to do things his way, you know. Wait for his timing. Wait for him to... Um, bring that person into your life and do things his way. Not the way the culture does it, not the way the world says to do it, but do things according to God's standard, God's, God's word. Um, and learn everything you can, things that we say you might be going, oh my goodness, um, this doesn't pertain to me, or uh, I don't know what thoughts could go through your head, obviously, but, but just learn from that. The more Steve and I learned when we were single and growing in the Lord, the more it benefited us as we got married because the Holy Spirit brought those things back up. So just be, just be a learner today. Just, just uh, ask the Lord to, to, um, to teach you and, um, and be patient for that time that God has for you. And the marriage you want. All right, uh, go ahead and turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. And um, if, you, if you can go ahead and put that picture up for me. Uh-oh. What picture, darling? Ah. That's my favorite picture. And uh, I'm going to talk about this in a second. I'm going to tell you why it's my favorite picture in a moment. But Ephesians chapter 5, <coughs> verse 22, it says, Wives, be subject to your husbands 
as to the Lord. Amen. We're done. <laughs> there wasn't nearly as much laughter as there should have been. <laughs> what else needs to be said? Okay, since we have extra time, we'll continue. Okay. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reverence to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Very famous uh, passage uh, in the Bible concerning marriage. I'm sure we're all familiar with that. And uh, just want you to know, well, we already know that, but marriage is extremely important to the Lord. Marriage is extremely important to our society. It is extremely important to the church. And it's important to you. You know, and, and I was thinking about this last night. Before I was about to go to bed, I felt like the Holy Spirit was, was giving me a download. And it was a question. If your child or children were interviewed by Stillwater News Press, and they were asked about your relationship. In other words, they asked your children, your teens, to describe the relationship between mommy and daddy. What would they say? If they were totally honest. Do you realize that your relationship with your spouse is the one that your kids are most keyed in, keyed into and focused on? That's something the Holy Spirit told me. I never thought of that before. But your relationship with your spouse is the relationship that your kids are the most aware of. They are keyed in on that. You may think that you, know, you're having, you may be having challenges with your spouse or however you're dealing with your spouse, you may think that your kids are clueless. That's not true. They are very much aware. They're more aware than you realize. Even though they may not be, they don't know the particulars, they don't know what's going on, they, but they, they can, in their spirit, they can sense whether things are happy, things are good, or things are not happy. Things aren't going good. And if you're wondering... You know, sometimes children begin to act out because there, there are challenges with their parents. And they may not know why they're acting out. They may not say, you know what, mommy and daddy aren't getting along right now, so I'm just going to act out. It doesn't work like that. But they become insecure. They begin to, to not be able to sleep at night and just things like that. The point is, is your children are very aware of your relationship. And it's extremely important. Your relationship is their foundation. I remember my son telling my oldest son, who's 21, he told me we had a conversation a couple of months ago, and he said, man, Dad, you know, if, if, if you and Mom were having a hard time or a rough time or, or we got divorced or whatever, he said, I don't know what I would do. And he was saying, talking about shaking my faith in God. I mean, he was just, I don't remember what we were talking about specifically, relationships and everything. But even as an adult, he was talking that um, our relationship, if it went awry, would, would affect him uh, severely. I even remember a time when, um, you know, and nothing even necessarily has to be wrong. Just if you go through a certain time in your marriage, we, um, I worked on the census. Don't tell anybody this, but I worked on the census. <clears throat> I can't tell you where or where it was at. Otherwise, I could be fined $250,000 and go to jail. So, shh. Right. But I um, 
worked part-time. It kind of I could up, use that. You could, could you? And you would. <laughs> um, we were, I was working part and almost full-time, really, especially that last time. And Julia was like four, I think, because she was small. But I was gone out of the house most of the day and home at night. Um, and so CJ and I were not communicating as much as we normally had been. Um, and all of a sudden, she started waking up in the middle of the night and just out of nowhere. Like, she'd go to bed, you know, ten minutes later she'd be out of bed. She'd put her back into bed. Fifteen minutes later she'd come out. Do you remember that? And we realized that she didn't know, like, where's what's going on with Mom and Dad inside. She wasn't settled. Um, of course, we, the Lord gave us a tool to fix that. We started um, spending time with each other before the kids went to bed. We say this is mom and dad's time, and you guys just leave us alone right now. We just purposefully spend time with each other, and all of a sudden she started sleeping again, and um, and that was just something we worked, made sure the kids knew that mom and dad were on the same page, and inside they knew, oh, everything's gonna be okay. We didn't pour more time into her. We didn't do any, like you know. We just said mom and dad are having our time, and she was comforted with that. That that fixed it. And that's happened several times through the marriage, but that was the most vividly, um, most vivid time anyways I can remember. Just sensing, okay, something's not right. What's going on? Mom and Dad aren't talking. It's interesting. I, I forgot about that. I remember when uh, we learned from, um, how many of you have taken Growing Kids God's Way? Anybody? You're currently taking it? Awesome class. I highly recommend it. Um, Clicklers aren't here, so I can give them props, but... Uh, but they, in that class, one thing, you know, you're, you're taking a parenting class, but the first thing they start out with in that class is what? What relationship do they deal with? Husband and wife. They deal with the marriage relationship. And they talk about couch time. Are you, are you growing kids God's way couples having your couch time? <laughs> Brian, you having your couch time? <laughs> Munozes, you guys having your couch time? But anyway, that's something that, that they really challenged us with. And see, that's what was going on when Lisa was working when she was gone we kind of quit having our couch time our time when we were together that our kids saw mom and dad are sitting down just having a time connecting together um i also remember a time when when uh, all we had all our kids home all six of them i'm not sure if julie was born yet i can't remember if, if uh, that would be six now. yeah i know but we might have just had five we might have had a small family <laughs> back then anyway Anyway, I remember we were, um, we were getting in the van. We were coming from somewhere, maybe coming from work, getting ready to go home, and I had everybody. And I said, tonight, guys, I'm not going to be home. Your mom and I are not going to be home. And they started moaning and groaning. Oh, man, where are you going? Because they thought we had another meeting, you know, life of PKs, you know, meetings and church and that kind of thing. So they were thinking that we were had, had another meeting. And I remember uh, two of the older ones, not the oldest, but two of them, they were kind of groaning and mumbling and, oh, man, why aren't you going to be home, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'm taking your mom out on a date. They said, oh, that's okay. Seriously, it, it shocked me because they were moaning that we were going to be gone. But as soon as I told them, I'm taking your mom out on a date, everything was okay. That was a reminder to me of how important our relationship is. They didn't want us to be gone, but as long as we were investing in each other, they were cool with that. I said, okay, Dad, we're cool with it. And so it just, it just shows me, and I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to reiterate, because some parents think that, that they're, pulling a, they're pulling one over on their kids. In other words, you may be in survival mode, waiting until your children grow up, and then you're going to get divorced, because you're kind of done with your spouse. And I've met many couples like that. Well, we're just waiting, you know, until, because we don't want to, and their logic is we don't want to divorce right now because it'll, it'll hurt the kids. Like it's not going to hurt them when they're, when they're grown and out of the house. That doesn't make any sense. And plus, if you're in that mode, you're already hurting the kids. Because they know it. They know it. And so it's important. If you care about your family, then you will make your relationship with your spouse your number one priority. Numero uno Priority. Other than second to G, only second to your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with your spouse has to be your number one priority. Just making sure. 
And I just want to share some things. Lisa and I, as we've been working on this this week, um, I just want to share, we're going to take turns sharing a few things that we feel like, Lord, what do you want me to say to the body? And what does the Lord want her to say? And then we're going to share some, some practical things as well. But the first thing that I learned back when we were, um, Lisa and I have been married, we'll be going on 23 years of marriage this May. It'll be 23 years. Woo-hoo. And I remember when we first got married, um, I kind of got into the mode of my calling in life is to fix her. Anybody else, anybody else accept that calling? Don't raise your hand. Don't do it. <laughs> it's like we're saying, Holy Spirit, I know you're, you're all-knowing and all-powerful and everything, but I think with my wife you need some help. So I'm going to give you a little break right now, and I'm going to take care of fixing her. Now, we don't actually say that, but that's how we act. We feel like we have to point out the shortcomings pointing out what she's not doing correctly, what she's not doing to meet up to my standards. And so I would, we would have these conversations. Well, they weren't necessarily conversations. They were monologues. Well, yeah, they, they were, honey, we have to have a talk. I'd be like, yeah. And there would be a monologue, but the only thing was is she wasn't laughing. You know? It was my lecture to her. Kind of like Charlie Brown, you know, the... It was my lecture of how she needed to change this. You know, I'd really appreciate if you'd do this. You know, if you'd do this, 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 this. I hear you're bad. Bad wife. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah, that's how she was interpreting it. Bad, 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 bad. And I wasn't saying that, but I guess that's the, that was the message I was communicating with her. And so she would be okay for a while. You know, for a couple of weeks, about a week and a half, she would be okay. She would fulfill the, the request, the orders, the, the whatevers. And then after... He would be like, honey, if you could just get the bed made by the time we got home, that would be so awesome. I'd be like, yes, I will make the bed. And then after a while, I'd be like, oh my goodness, he's coming home. Run, make the bed. And then after a while, I was like, you know, he can make his own bed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. You're welcome. So anyway, this went on for a while. You know, my, what I was focusing on was what she wasn't doing right. Of course, it was my job, my responsibility to make sure she was. Until my daddy, uh, not my earthly daddy, but my heavenly daddy, decided to have a talk with his son. And it wasn't fun. It was one of those monologues. But this time, I was the recipient. He said, son, we need to have a talk. And it was funny because now I just realized that was the same thing I'd say to her. We need to have a talk. And it's like, oh, no. And, and, and the, the firmness, what I felt, it wasn't uh, a heavy crushing of he's about to slap me down. But it was a, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. You know, my son's here. Hey, Trey or hey, Joseph, come here. Like, uh-oh, what did I just, you know, what did I not do right? And they know. I guess they can tell by the tone in my voice whether they're in trouble or not. Well, I could tell by the tone in daddy's voice that I was, I was in trouble. And, and so I sat down, and, and he said, you need to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. So I turned to Ephesians 5, and I started reading through it. And, and of course, the first uh, verse that comes up in there, verse 22, it says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And he said this to me. He said, as, as far as you're concerned, unless you're preaching this verse, it does not exist to you. But I'm preaching it today, so it exists today. But he said, as far as you're concerned... This verse does not exist to you unless you're, you know, ministering in the church. In other words, he was showing me I was focusing on the wrong thing. And he said, do you know my daughter, her, is a gift to you. You need to treat her as such. And he says, the conversations you're having with her are not cool. And then he said, skip down to verse... 25? Yeah, 25. He says, you skip down to verse 25. And he says, that's, those are the verses you need to focus on. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He says, we need to camp out right there. That is the message for me. And he says, your concern is to love her, to cherish her, to nurture her, to minister to her, 
And then he says, you leave her changing up to me. That's what he told me. I said, okay, God, but if you ever need any help, just let me know. You know, he's never needed any help. Still waiting. But his challenge to me was, he says, you need to love Lisa so much, overwhelm her with your love so much that she'd be a fool not to submit to you. That's what he told me. Love her so much. He says, so your job, your calling, to love your wife just like I love you. Because he was giving me a picture, and he's giving us a picture, well, love my wife. What does that look like? Well, what does it look like when Jesus loves us? Is he patient with us? Does he beat us down and point out our shortcomings all the time? No, he convicts us. He, he deals with the things he needs to. But he overwhelms us with his love. He ministers to us. He challenges us. He, he builds us up. He, he nourishes us. He takes care of us. He says, that's the picture. That's what I want you to do to Lisa. I want you to minister to her. So that was the first thing I realized. It was not my job to change or fix my wife. And I was glad. <laughs> anyway, just on a point of that, too, I, I could even tell that um, something had changed. We had the two small boys and went to a women's conference. And I came back to the house in the small duplex, and it was clean. It's like really clean. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I hired somebody. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. Anyways, but I could, just something about him had changed. I think that's when the Lord had that talk with me, right? Okay, I think when I was gone. And um, ever since I remember that day, something would happen, and you know, you have little kids, and he'd come home, and we didn't have a huge kitchen. We had a small countertop, and so cooking a meal is always an adventure for me because I use the whole kitchen, <laughs> like everything, it's all over me, everywhere. And anyways, um, he would be like, I had a kid come home and it wasn't clean, and I'd be like, oh, I didn't clean the kitchen, I'm sorry, you know, bad wife mentality. And he's like, that's okay. And he would start running the water, cleaning up the kitchen. I'd be like, God, you changed him, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> His dishes is, him doing dishes is one of my love languages. Like, yes. Okay. Um, you know, one thing that I, that's been on my heart is just as we can have a hardened heart toward God, we can have a hardened heart toward our spouse. And there's a lot of different ways that that happens. <clears throat> um, we can have false expectations come in. Bitterness, unforgiveness, unresolved conflict. You know, which a lot of those I know kind of tying together. But I really, one thing the Holy Spirit's really sensing is, is speaking especially to you ladies, but everyone can take it, is to, we need to, it's time to awaken our love. Awaken our love, not just to our Heavenly Father, but to our husbands. And get that soft heart back where He is wanting it to be. Um, our goal is to respect or reverence our husbands unconditionally. It talks about that in Ephesians 5.33 and also in Peter, what, First Peter 3, what, 7. Thank you. Okay. We looked it up last night. I just didn't have it written down. Um, see to it that you, that you respect your husbands. It talks, it says that. Let's see. Yeah, help me, please. Kind of all fingers here. It talks, says in the first verse, it says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some of you do not obey the, if some, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling all over, but even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct, um, accompany, yeah, your, or your chaste or your respectful conduct. <clears throat> accompanied here it says by fear but it's not I'm not the fear that you're thinking of <laughs> and then in Ephesians 5:33 it also says that the wife see that she respect her husband and in respecting that I was looking that up regard and deeply care for him serving honoring and edifying or building him up and um 
that is has so many different pictures. But there's one picture real quick that if you guys wouldn't mind, I want you to put up so you can get a really good picture of what that looks like. And this is me, you know, like, yay. So. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, and that can seem so silly. I'm, I was a cheerleader um, when I was in high school, and many of you are like, not a cheerleader, and that's okay. But the basic point is rally be, be, rallying behind our husbands, <clears throat> encouraging them, supporting them. Um, all of our intentions are good. You know, all of God's thoughts toward us are good and not bad. You know that? You know, he's not going around telling us, bad person, you are so bad, oh, bad, bad, bad. But yet, sometimes we receive that in our heart because we're of our own shortcomings. But instead, as he has that view for us, so do we need to walk that out in our marriage? You know, and all of our thoughts toward our husband are to be good. Husband, you are awesome. You are such an awesome man of God. I so appreciate what you do with our children. I so appreciate the example that you're being to my sons and to my daughter. I appreciate the example you're being to me. You know, I'm sorry you had a rough day, but what can I do to help you, honey? You know, getting behind him and really supporting him and letting him know that he is totally respected. Sometimes I feel like in our marriage, we're talking real practical here, obviously. Um, And because God's practical. He's real. He is in our everyday life, and he wants to be in our everyday life. And one thing in particular, we have to understand that we need to take this whole word of God and use it toward our spouse. You know, all, all the relationship verses it talks about, you know, um, this whole Ephesians, you know, be imitators of God, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even, God, even as God and Christ forgave you. Um, it, all this, you just start looking here, and it just talks and talks about how to treat one another, how to be tender, how to love one another, how to be honoring. And sometimes we look at that and we say, you know what? I can do that. I can be really honoring to, you know, to my sister over here. And, you know, I just love you and I can give her an encouraging word and hug and love her and, you know, make it my goal that she knows that, that she is, they're just awesome and whatever I can do to support them. And that's good, that's good and all. But if we can't turn and do that to our husbands, then we're missing it. It needs to be real at home. We need to bring the love of God to home first. And um, a lot of times when I'm bringing, and I say love, and we say love and respect, and love is just something I fall back. But I believe that the Word of God specifically says respect because that's his language. That's what he speaks. And it's not based on how I want to serve him and what it's about me. It's based on how he, what, he, what his needs are at the moment. It's not based upon me and, and um, respect, regarding, and deeply caring for him, serving, honoring, and edifying or building him up, doing it as unto the Lord 
not unto him, but as unto the Lord, the way, the way my Lord would have me serve and respect my husband. What speaks respect to him? If he comes home and, um, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. We'll do examples later, won't we? Okay. Do you have something to say? Pretty much. Yeah, I'll get back to more of it. One thing that I really, um, the Lord's been showing me more recent, last couple of years, I'd say, is that my love relationship, that my relationship with Lisa is really about my relationship with Jesus. It's about my love relationship with him. And, and actually, the best opportunity to demonstrate how much I love Jesus is related to how I, how I treat Lisa. You know, if I say, Jesus, I love you, I'm, I'm passionate about you, I want to serve you, I'm committed to you, then he's going to say, good son, now I'm going to give you an opportunity to demonstrate that. There you go. There's my gift. And, and in reality, to see my, my marriage to her is not going to last for eternity. When we pass out of this life, when Jesus comes back, however that plays out, we're not going to remain married. Now, I believe I'll know it forever. We're going to know each other. But my relationship, my marriage to Jesus, that relationship is forever. And so he basically, it's about him. And she kind of gets a splash. She gets the splash or leftover splashed on her. In other words, as I'm loving Jesus, he says, okay, I want you. Here's how you demonstrate. It. I want you to love your wife. I want you to, to nourish her, cherish her. And so it's like I'm loving Jesus and it just kind of splashes onto my wife. So if I say that I love Jesus and I'm passionate about him, it's going to reflect in my relationship with her. If I'm saying that I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, and I'm neglecting my wife, then I am not in love with him. Because Jesus said in the red letters in the Bible, if you love me, you will do what I say. That's what Jesus said. If you love me, you will do what I say. So how can I say, and you know, he even said, I believe it's in Luke 6, 36 or somewhere around there, Luke chapter 6. He says, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? That doesn't make any sense, does it? And so our relationship with the Lord will be reflected in our relationship with people. And specifically, if we're married, specifically in my relationship with my spouse. Um, one, another point um, is we don't respond to each other as I think. I don't respond to him as I think he deserves. I respond based upon what the Word of God tells me, what is honoring and respectful. So, you know, I, I, I don't feel like he needs respect. I don't feel like he needs, you know, you did something to make me mad, so in turn, I'm not going to get none yet. You know, that's what we do. But instead, the, <laughs> no matter how he responds, I can respond to him how God is, what the Word of God is saying. Marriage has nothing to do with how I feel or what I want, how I want my husband to perform. It's my response to my Lord, my love relationship with Jesus that's going to bring contentment to my marriage. It's not him. And last week we were talking a little bit about, you know, singles, how we, we look to someone to bring the fulfillment to our lives. And when you get married, you think, okay, now I'm going to be fulfilled and I'm never going to be lonely and I'm always going to have someone to talk to and someone to snuggle with but you know when we get married and we realize you know that's I'm still lonely ah there's no one to talk to wow you're working you have a meeting we're busy and I haven't said anything to you it's so important that we get our needs met from the Lord that we go to him first and he fills our tank that he is the lover of our soul that our relationship with him he can speak to us and we can be content like CJ was saying, and then it can spill over into our husbands as well. I think females, we're so like relationship and oriented, like, you know, we want to be so intimate and tell each other secrets and laugh and play. You know, we just like really, you know, the romantic type thing, you know, which is fun. And it is when it happens, it's great, you know, and of course it happens during the courtship and stuff. But after you get married... It does happen, okay? But there's this thing called life that comes in. 
and you are still, you know, you have to get your needs from the Lord. I can't depend on him to meet those needs, those inner needs that I have. You know, the last point I want to make to the men is you need to date, excuse me, back up. You need to intentionally study and aggressively pursue your wife. Brothers, you need to intentionally study and aggressively pursue your wife. You need to know her better than she even knows herself. Then use that information to love her like nobody else. Get to know her, study her, learn her moves, learn what makes her tick, learn what makes her happy. And then you go after it. You go after her. You know, when we, when we were single, when we were, we, uh, the lady of our lives caught our attention. What did we do, brothers? We went after her, didn't we? We were the warrior going for the conquer, going for the kill. Not that she's an animal or anything like that. But you know what I mean. That's like guy language, you know. You know what I mean. I mean, you you spotted your. Oh, isn't that sweet and cuddly? And they're like, yeah, let's get them. You know, (laughs) totally opposite. But what we did, we did, we we went after them. And then when we got married, when we we got the we got the favor, got the ring, got the marriage and everything, got the I do, got the honeymoon, all that good stuff. Then it's like it's over. Okay, what's next? And then we begin to go after our jobs or we go after whatever else. And the poor wife is left in this, you know, in the rearview mirror. And I believe God's calling us to just like we aggressively pursue them, we need to take it to the next level and love her and and cherish her and and learn what makes her tick and then then love her like nobody else. Can I say one thing real quick? Mm -hmm. One of the things I had written down. But it's interesting how the Bible compares marriage between Christ and the church. And a relationship. And did you know there is death in that relationship between Christ and the church? You know, Jesus dying on the cross. And it's like when we get married, when we are married, in our marriage, how's that? We experience that death, don't we? Because we don't get our way. We realize just how selfish of a person we really are, even though we think it's them. I'm sorry. It's really us. And we experience death that we have to walk in. We have to give up our own ways our own desires, our own sometimes dreams temporarily, our own things, and laying, laying them down at the altar and to serve with, with the person who God has joined us. And we think it's this, this big, glorious thing, and it is. Marriage is a glorious thing, and it's a glorious comparison, you know, with, with Jesus and, and that whole picture. But what people don't talk about is there's a lot of death. I'm not like physical. I hope you know I'm not meaning like like the guys would, you know. But, you know, you really have to lay it down. And you really, your feelings get hurt, don't they, ladies? It's like, you know, I really wanted to snuggle tonight, and you're just playing a video game, you know. Or, you know, I really had this idea that we could just go on a date, and, you know, I've got these babies now, and there's no way I can leave the house. And, and, and we experience that. But you know what that does is, is we learn to lay that down and die to that. <clears throat> Give that to the Lord. He gives us life. As we lay it down, <laughs> he gives us back life. You know, the things that embitter us is when we hang on to that and say, if it wasn't for you wanting more children, I would have a wonderful house and 20 horses, you know. <laughs> now we see what's really in her heart coming out, right? <laughs> you know, or it could be, if you would give me more children, I would be more happy. Which, any of you have, okay. Anyways, but the more relationships that we get experienced in our life, the more we die. So it took me six children to really die. I think I'm dead now. (laughs) I love you, Joseph. I love my children. I really do. But you all know it does. It brings death. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It brings life. I'm alive. (laughs) You know, so men, how can you practically uh, go after your wives? I would encourage you to date her regularly. In other words, just like men, you know, we're real good at if we have appointments, if we have business appointments or, or whatever kind of appointments to help us to be successful in, in our careers and everything. I want you to add in that category of, of important events is dating your wife. You, know, you say, well, how can I do that? I have kids. 
join the club. <laughs> you know, and do not wait. If you fall for the lie, well, I'm going to wait till it's not as busy. Because we all know that's never going to happen. You have to show that she is your priority by carving out, pushing other things off the plate. If you're not going to be able to meet with a vendor or meet with that business partner or whatever, say, hey, I know we we're going to try to meet next week, but I'm going to have to postpone that a little bit because I have a, um, an appointment that is extremely urgent and important. It doesn't have to be urgent. You don't have to say it's urgent, but it's extremely important. And that is your wife. You need to date her regularly. And just go out and enjoy each other and have a good time. Do not let that be the time when you deal with conflict. You know, you sit her down and you literate that meal and say, okay, now that I got you here, now I got some things to say to you. That is not the time to deal with, with the things you, you know, the, the conversations you need to have. That's not the time to do that. Have a good time. And husbands, let him. <laughs> you know, they think that, you know, he wants to go out. He wants to show us. He wants to do something loving. This is where the, some of the submission part comes in. You know, let him. What do you mean wives let him? Wives. You yeah. said husbands. I'm sorry. The husbands want to. I think they know. See, we all are on the same page because we have all think the same. You lost women. me. We're, we're, we're the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> let him. You know, clear your schedule too. Make it an, a priority to him to let him take you out. <clears throat> yeah, we want to share some things. You know, in the Bible, in, in, in uh, Ephesians, it says, Husbands, love your wives. And it says, Wives, respect your husbands. Now, of course, we're to love and respect each other. But I believe that God specifically wrote it that way because he was pointing out a woman's greatest need is to feel loved. Aww. Amen. And a man's greatest need, ladies, is to feel respected. Now, brothers, wouldn't you say that respect is a very important need in your life? Nope. <laughs> you must not be. I didn't hear anything. Thank you. Thank you. And unfortunately, you know, we're all about the love and we've been, it's been beaten to our heads that we need to love, 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 love. But one thing that I believe has been neglected in the church is the respect for husbands. And, you know, and, and the word, I mean, the the even in the church, we believe that now when it comes to loving our spouse, we all agree it's unconditional love. But when it comes to respect, all of a sudden we think it's it's conditional respect. In other words, I'll respect him when he deserves respect or when he acts respectful. And, you know, in 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 first Peter uh, chapter three, when it says it says wise to to uh, turn there again. First Peter, chapter three. It says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste and respectful conduct. In the uh, New American Standard, it says respectful. In other words, if you have a husband that is not obedient to God, right there it's saying to respect them. It's not saying when they're obedient to God. When they're doing everything right, respect them. It's so even if they're disobedient, ladies, you still respect your husbands. In other words, it's just the same to men. Men, we're not to love our wives when they deserve it, when they're acting right, when they're cooking the meals or doing whatever we think they should be doing. That's when we love them. We love them just like Jesus loves us unconditionally. And ladies, you respect your husbands unconditionally. And what we want to share is I want to share what does Lisa do to make me feel respected? And then she's going to share, what do I do to make her feel loved? I want to share a few of those. Now, these are, per, I mean, things that in our marriage, but you need to find stuff for your marriage, too. Mm -hmm. You need to be seeking God and even asking, you know, asking your husband, was I respectful when I just said, you know, when I just told my parents that, you know, I don't like your haircut, you know, or whatever. I'm just making something up, obviously, you know, but ask him, was that respectful? Did you feel respected when I say that? Okay. I am so sorry, honey. For making you feel disrespected, you know, really getting right with them, and um, you know, will you forgive me or whatever? But making sure that they, you can tell when your husband feels that disrespect, you you feel a switch flip. Definitely, there's that God thing. <laughs> so, what does Lisa? I feel respected by Lisa when she constantly tells me that she likes me, and then I, because I can see it in her eyes that she means it, and that's why this picture right here is my favorite picture, because that look on her face, that's how she looks at me. And she'll tell me, she says, CJ, you know, I really like you. And see, and someone might say, like? We're supposed to love each other. You're supposed to love each other. I thought, 
Well, see, we know we have to love each other. Jesus said, love each other. But he didn't say we had to like each other. <coughs> but so I get a, you know, a bonus. I know she loves me, but when she says she likes me, and she says it with that look in her, her that eye that, that um, she really enjoys being with me. And I, re- I really res- feel respected when she, when she does or says that. I like you. Thank you. My respect tank is getting bigger. <laughs> um, CJ makes me feel loved when he accepts me, especially when I don't feel worthy of acceptance. When he doesn't tell me my every fault anymore, I don't have to perform in order to be cherished. I really appreciate it. He can come home. I can say, honey, I've had a day, okay? I have uh, four children at home. Uh, at home all day because I homeschool uh, two miniature horses in the house, which dogs, they're huge, and, and puppies. And things can just happen, and it will just be bad. And I'll just say, honey, it's bad when you come home, just to let you know. When he can comes home and he's ready to serve, he's not like, oh, what's, you know, he doesn't sit there and tell me everything I've done wrong. He just accepts me for everything that I feel like I should be, and I'm not. And I feel loved when you do that. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, let's see. I feel loved by Je- Jesus. And Lisa. <laughs> it's like Jesus is the answer for everything. Don't <laughs> right. you know that? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She, uh, when she tells me that I'm a wonderful husband and a great father, she believes in me and expresses it verbally, even though I'm not perfect and don't do things right all the time. Now, I know that I mess up. I know that I'm not perfect. And, of course, I'm aware of all my, pro- my, my uh, weaknesses and shortcomings, and she is too. She sees when I yell at the kids, when I shouldn't be yelling at them, and when I, you know, when I just do things wrong. But she still tells me, and out of the blue, she'll just tell me, you know, CJ, you're an awesome husband, and you're a great father. And she'll just tell me that. I'm like, where did that come from? And it's kind of awkward because it's like I feel like I have to deserve it, and I don't feel like I deserve it, but it's that unconditional respect, and it's just, it's just filling my pain. And it's like, oh, yeah, you think you're going to get away with that? So I'm going to slap some love on you. And, then, <laughs> and so then it becomes like this competition. She's not going to outdo me. You know, she throws respect on me that I'm going to get her back with some love. <laughs> I feel loved when he values me as a joint heir in Christ. Um, he sees me. His value for me goes beyond the kitchen, kids, laundry, and bedrooms, (laughs) which sometimes it feels like that's all there is in life, especially for those of us who stay home. Um, They go way beyond the household duties, raising and teaching my children, and after 10 10 p.m. activities. He encourages me in my callings and my giftings, which I appreciate. He says, honey, why don't you go to this ladies' conference? Honey, why don't you get involved in this ministry? He encourages me to be free who I am and that I'm not just in some little box and I have to perform in a box. He lets me go out. And and because of that, he will stay home and watch the kids. I've been to many a a women's conference without my children home with their father (laughs) watching them safely. Yeah. And even if it involves football, they're still home and they're safe. She and, has no uh, idea what's going on at home when she's gone. I don't have to know. I'll just close my eyes. No, I totally trust him. Um, and he encourages me that. And that really makes me feel loved, that he just doesn't see me for one purpose and one purpose only. Lisa makes me feel respected when she enjoys doing things with me that I like to do. Um, ball games, bowling, etc. cetera. Uh, she, will engage, she will even engage in conversation with me. You know, I know Lisa's not an avid sports fan. You know, she's not a Thunder fanatic like I am, or she's not an OSU fanatic, you know, that kind of thing. But she will, you know, if I get blessed with tickets, um, say, hey, you want to go? Or actually, she'll say, do I get to go with you? You know, and she'll go to the game with me, and we'll have a good time, and she'll be louder than me. I mean, she turns, Imagine in, that. She turns into this, <laughs> this, this OSU maniac, you know. But I know it's not her... That was free. <laughs> I know she's not, that is not her favorite thing to do, but she, it's like she engages that with me. And it's like that shoulder to shoulder, 
activity that we're doing, and she's filling my, my respect tank. And it's like I'll be watching the game, and she'll be sitting, you know, she's sitting in a chair next to me, and I'm sitting there watching the game, probably OSU, you know, or the Thunder. And then uh, there'll be a, a thunderous dunk or some, some spectacular play. I'll say, honey, watch this. And I'll rewind it and play it again. And she gets all excited and everything. I just appre- And I know in, in the grand scheme of things, she could care less about that game. But she knows I enjoy it, so she chooses to engage with me in things that I enjoy. And that really makes me feel respected. Um, and that also, I'm going to skip down to mine. That was kind of similar here. Um, he takes pleasure in my interests, even when they're not the same as mine or even close. <laughs> um, and that's the same thing I know, but it does mean so much to me when he is involved in my life and my area of life. Like in coffee. I love coffee. Coffee, coffee, love coffee. Yes, coffee's good. My husband thinks he's a Christian that he doesn't have to drink coffee, but that's not, that's, yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> he will drink some with me. You know, the international brand coffee, you know, that you scoop and put in there? He will drink that. And so it is so awesome. You know, on a Saturday morning, he'll say, okay, you can make me some, some coffee, honey. You fix it. And so we'll sit down and drink coffee. And that is so cool for me. I love that, okay? You know, what husband would drink coffee with his wife who hates it? I know, okay. But it was really cool. It meant a lot to me. Also, horses. I, horse, some of you love dogs. I love horses, okay? That's just what it is. Um, he will sit out and watch me do something. I'll say, oh, I want to show you something new that I'm doing with, with my horse, Promise, who is wonderful, beautiful horse. He has to come to my house and see her. And um, so he'll go out and watch. I mean, he might not have a clue. Did you see that? Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that, honey, you know. <laughs> That's not the expression I usually wear when I say you know, sometimes he'll see her back legs go out from underneath her and his heart will fall into his chest. I'm like, did you see that? Yes. You know, because she falls. <laughs> Oops. Sorry about that. But he engages in those activities. And so he gets involved. You know, he's a city boy. He gets involved in my horse, my, my animal, because I like it. Not because he does or he has this desire to, to be a rancher person, but because I like it. He will invest in that, and, and that includes money, too. Or shopping. I love, I go shop, grocery shopping, you know, obviously. He hates it. From the time we're engaged, he said, I hate going shopping. That is the one thing that I hate doing. But you know what? <laughs> Once in a while, he'll go shopping with me. Because I just like to be with him, and then I can talk to him. You know, I just like to talk. I'm sorry. And so we can just be together and go shopping. You know, and push the cart and go down the aisle and, you know, I just, I love that, just being next to him like that. And he does it for me. He doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't like it. But he does it because I like it. And that shows me a lot of love. No. Okay. We won't talk about that one. Close your eyes. Use your imagination. That's how I feel respected. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, last one. I do not punish my husband <laughs> if he's been bad by withholding myself from him in the bedroom. We'll just say that. Okay. We'll okay. Say that. that works. Even if I'm tired, yeah. really tired, and feel like I'd rather go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest, you ladies understand. I pray and say, Holy Spirit, I really need your help right now because this is not about me. This is so about you and my husband. So we'll just say that, okay? And he does. He changes your heart. He really, really does. I just want to say that. So you can pray that to God, ladies, and say, Lord, please help me in this moment of despair. You know. Okay, so... And it's not disrespectful. I know you men are like, man, that's me. But like, we understand, because I've spoken to many of you, and you guys understand. Like, yes, Lisa, enough said. But we love and respect our husbands. So, okay. No, that's not enough said. That's not enough said. 
But I just want to say I do appreciate because that 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 unfortunately is something that is used as a weapon. It it's used as a manipulation, you know, as a, as a power thing. And Lisa does not do that at all. If she's tired, that means she's really tired or not feeling well. And I really appreciate that. And as a man, that really makes me feel respected, knowing that I have a bride that loves me and cares for me and even meets all the needs that I have, not just some of them. Oh, you're um, funny. So, okay, we were able to get through that. Um, and you know, the last thing that I appreciate about Lisa, and she makes me feel respected, she laughs with me a lot, and we have fun together. And she is my favorite person to be with. And, you know, I had a revelation. Now, guys, you're going to understand this, and I think I've, I've shared, I know I shared this before. Ladies, you may not have a clue and just have to take it by faith. But I had a revelation one day when I was watching a football game, and I realized that Lisa was my favorite person to hang out with. And how did I receive that revelation? I'm sitting there watching a the game, and there was a commercial that came on, and it was some about winning Super Bowl tickets to the whatever Super Bowl. And I started thinking, if I won two free Super Bowl tickets because it was two free tickets to the game, a limousine ride, you know, $500 spending spree money or whatever, and then staying in a hotel, that kind of thing. And, you know, had all that. I thought if I won two Super Bowl tickets, who would I want to take? I know Trey and Bryant, Joseph and Grant would want to go. Or I have many brothers in the NFL that I'd love to take. But I thought, I want to take Lisa. And it's funny because I was just thinking about this. Even though she's not a fanatic about football, I would have the most fun with her because one, you know, as I told you before, when it comes to sporting events, she gets right there with me. I mean, she'd put on some kind of a, whatever team we're going to see, she'd have the jersey on, maybe put a little paint on, I don't know. But, but I realized that I have so much fun with her. We enjoy life together. As busy and crazy, you can imagine how busy life is for us with a few children and, you know, homeschooling and ministry and all that kind of stuff. Life is, is, can be pretty chaotic. But we still make sure that we have fun and we enjoy each other. And she's, she hasn't let the, the busyness and the hardness of life and the challenges of life make her hard and crusty and unfriendly. But she's still friendly and we have a great time. And that makes me feel really respected uh, that I have a wife that I have a, have a good time and a fun time with. You took two, so I get to take two. Just let you know. Okay. So, <clears throat> but yes, I would love to go to the football uh, the uh, what's that called again? Super Bowl. Yeah. Sorry. It's just like when you talk about my horse and you, you know that thingy that goes around their nose and their head? Oh, a halter? Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> okay. I feel love. He, when he value, he does value my opinions and he seeks my counsel on a wide variety of topics and listens and implements them. And I appreciate that. He could say, oh, honey, you have no clue about this. Uh, I'm just not going to talk to you. But he really sincerely wants to know what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Not just what I'm thinking. That's a good, that's a good thing. Guys, what do you think? You know, ladies, how do you feel? He likes both, okay, what I think and feel. <clears throat> and I, that's something I really appreciate when he asks me my opinions on life. It's not just him ruling the house his way or the highway or this is my house and my kids. And we're going to do things like this, you know. He doesn't do that. He really is like, honey, what do you think? This is what I'm wanting. I'm wanting to start to implement this. I want to do this. And I just want to know what you feel. And when I even say, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Or I think that this should change. Or, you know, within things going on in the church, you know, he'll have me list and have me pray. And I'll give him my opinion and he'll implement it. And I'll be like, wow, that's such an honoring thing, you know. And I don't take that lightly. And that really makes me feel loved. The last thing, okay, this is a good one, <clears throat> how I feel loved, is he sings songs with me. Just because I like him to sing. So I'll sing, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you need to cut that one from the tape. I love that. So. We will sing like that, and he'll sing like that to me. <clears throat> or he will, I know he won't, well, he might do this. <laughs> he can totally mimic my horse nickering at me. <laughs> and it's just so fun. But those last minute sporadic things, 
that would be nothing to something, he'd go, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you need to do it. It's really cool. And it just, yes! DJ, DJ. <laughs> that one from the... Are we done yet? I love it how he invests his time in me. And just the silly things that I like. I like songs. I like musicals. I like all those things. And he'll sit down with me painfully. He'll, he'll have to painfully do it and sit down and listen to the silly songs I like. But he does it. And I so appreciate that. But on all of this, one thing I like to say is this fun marriage thing of love and respect, it's still not about me. And what he does to make me feel wonderful and the fun things that we have, we've learned that. You know, the Holy Spirit has taught us these things and how to get along and have fun with each other. But, you know, I need to first be able to receive love from my Heavenly Father. (laughs) The more I can receive love from him and forgiveness and healing and let go of bitterness and other stuff, the more I can pour out onto my husband and the freer I can receive from him. Oh, yes, that's what I want to do. Thank you for reminding me. One thing I would really like to do, and because I know husbands do this with their wives, but I would like the wives to pray for your husband um, right now. And this is me like, okay, it's kind of awkward, but it's okay. Um, just to maybe even stand up next to your husband. Wives, stand up next to your husband. Husband, sit down. Okay. I would like you to lay your hands on him. And we're nicely lay your hands on your husband. Okay, this isn't like, where's your neck? (laughs) And let's just speak in your own words. I want you to pray God's blessing for him. Because, you know, he is the head, as the Bible says. We love to get out of this in so many ways and just pretend like he isn't, but he is. We can't run away from it from the word. And he does so much for us. He is such a blessing for us and an overseer for our family. And I just want right now, and don't be shy. You don't have to whisper like, you know, be bold, ladies, because I know I've heard your voices. I know you can be bold. And we're just going to speak and command the blessing of God on our husbands and just for God to impart into our husbands. And whatever the Lord leads you in, I want you to pray. So let's do that. Okay, on your mark, get set, go. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you so much for my husband. Woohoo! Yes! <laughs> oh, hallelujah. All right, in closing, I just want to share one more thing. You know, if you have a, an electronic device that's not acting right, and it's just glitching, and it's just messing up, and the apps aren't working, and all that kind of thing. Typically, there's a wonderful little button that you can push. It's called the reset. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A reset button. We know God, um, whenever we start glitching, you know, and acting not acting right, and, and we're just kind of out of kilter and everything, he has installed the reset button for us. And it's obtainable by his grace. And, you know, this, this week, I just want to, husbands, I want to give you an assignment this week. Um, the sooner the better so you don't forget about it. But I want to give you the assignment of leading your family in communion. And I, as you're doing that, as you're leading the communion with your, with your spouse, if you don't have children or your children are out of the home, then just you and your spouse. Um, if you have children, I want you to invite them to be a part of that as well. If you're single, I want you to take communion this week with the Lord and just commit yourself to him. Commit your relationships to the Lord. Um, and as you're having communion with your family, I want you to redeclare your commitment to your wife first. I want your children to hear it. I want your wife to hear that you're saying, I am recommitting my love my commitment to you. I want your kids to hear that. And then you're, you're making that declaration unto the Lord. And I just want to encourage you to do that. And then you as a family. And then also, husbands, uh, if your children are there with you, you, you tell them, and Lord, I am committing my, 
myself to my family. Again, I'm recommitting myself to my family. And then you take communion together. I believe God right now is inviting us to grab a big, grab a hold of a big, fat, juicy piece of grace. That he's wanting to apply in our lives and to do some resets and to make a major impact and a change in our relationship, our marriage, our family. And he, there's, he's inviting us right now. And I want to encourage you to take a hold of that. Amen. Let's stand together. And I just want to encourage you, don't, don't take this marriage thing lightly. Really, pray, just really seek God. Don't, don't take it lightly like, oh, that was fun, that was cute, you know, oh, whatever. You know, really engage your heart in this. Regage your heart in your relationship. If Jesus, if it's compared to Christ in the church, how important is it? It's not for us to throw aside and think, oh, I'm so glad this couple's here to hear that. Really receive it for yourself. Take it seriously. Ask the Holy Spirit, how can I do to awaken this love for my spouse? What do I need to do? How can I receive more love from you, God? Step out of your box. Get out of your comfort zone. Engage in your wife's activity or your or your vice versa, well, husband or wife's activity. Reach out to them. Pray and ask God for his blessing and his healing over your relationship. And start anew. But take it seriously. And be practical. If you're, if you're in a struggling relationship, you guys are having a really difficult time, get help. Okay? Um, we make ourselves available. I know there's others in the church that would make themselves available to, we just want to help you. We want you to be successful and have powerful, awesome marriages. We will be having a uh, marriage conference next month. Um, it's the second weekend of, of April. And it's the one we did before. So those of you who've been through that, the art of marriage, it's really awesome. I want to encourage you to. a clip from that as yeah, well. Yeah, the clip Lisa showed us is a little snippet from that that conference. We'll be talking more about that later. But do practical things to invest in your relationship with your spouse. Amen. We on the same page? All right, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness.